What's up? This is Greg Schnell, host of the Bevo Broadcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. How was that game on Saturday? Man, where do you even start? A lot of good, a little bit of bad, but overall, like we've been saying, it's going to definitely make this team better. Did I personally see the outcome being that close? Not necessarily, no. I thought it would be closer than most people would think. Sure, of course, the potential of a blowout happening was obviously something that could very well happen, but I didn't think Texas would get blown out. I really honestly thought they would keep that matchup a lot closer, and then Alabama would kind of pull away and win comfortably. And that's kind of what happened, except the margin of victory was absolutely a lot smaller than anybody had thought or was anticipating. So was I happy for the effort? Of course. The defense played outstanding. You have Alabama coming in there with the reigning Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback, and they go six straight series with nothing but three and out. If you'd have told me that going in without any details of the score, I would have been like, of course. If you'd have told me going in that the second or third quarter, Alabama was going to get shut out and not put up a single point, I would have been like, okay, great, let's go. Anybody who's a Texas fan would say that. So there was... I think Texas opened a lot of eyes this weekend, and there's no such thing as moral victories, not for programs like Texas. You know, that's just <laughs> that's just not for the programs like a Texas in the stature that they are normally at. They're getting back up there to being a top team. But I think that opened up a lot of eyes because everybody, any, any expert would have said it's going to be a blowout. Everybody on ESPN said it was going to be a blowout. Everybody, and no matter where you looked, it was going to be a, just an absolute beatdown. But absolutely, it was not. Texas came out, and Quinn Ewers looked really good in the beginning. I mean, the big play to Xavier Worthy, the one that he almost caught on top of that. I mean, Quinn Ewers was out there dealing and making some plays. And then he gets hurt. <laughs> Raise your hand if you're like, are you kidding me? Is this happening again against this team? Because <laughs> I, my hand is raised right now, I guarantee it. It just gave you the just the shades of the nightmare that was the national championship in the Rose Bowl against Alabama when Cole McCoy got hurt. But obviously that was a lot earlier into the game. I mean, that was within the first like five or six plays that Texas had the ball offensively. So at least Quinn Ewers got a little bit more run in this one. But it was just so just, I mean, what a gut punch. And then Alabama breaks that big run. For the TD, and just he outruns the entire Texas defense. Nobody was even close. At that point, I was just like, oh, no, this could this might be getting ugly here. But it didn't. Texas responded. Defensively, they shut them down for two quarters. And unfortunately, at the very end, they just could not hold them. And I, I would say that was probably one of my bigger issues with the game was the defensive game plan towards the end. Now, I was with a friend watching the game, and right before that happened, with Ryan Watts coming on that corner blitz where he had Bryce Young dead to rights, and he just missed him. He said, man, if they run a corner blitz right now, this would be the perfect time to do it. And sure enough, three or four seconds later, they run a corner blitz, and it is completely wide open, and he just missed him. Ryan Watts has got to be sick to his stomach. Now, I know you got to move on, and... Obviously, with when you make a play or don't make a play, 
good or bad, you got to move on to the next one and keep going. But he gave up the touchdown late, and then he missed on the tackle which of the sack of Bryce Young, which changes. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that's going to win or lose the game. I don't know. But it definitely makes it more difficult for Alabama because instead of him being sacked for a loss, he gets a 20-yard gain, and he kicks a chip shot field goal a couple plays later with Alabama, and game over. So it is – it's tough for a young man to have to experience both of those, let alone either one. But again, you get better and you learn from this and then you move on. And Texas has definitely gotten a lot better from this just because this is the better team, the best team they'll probably play all year. The fact that they were within a point of winning this game. Uh, and what well, I think the field goal right at the end of the half was blocked. That's maybe another little point of contention for me. The call, the play calling right at the end of the first half. But again, they were within a point of winning this game. So you can sit here and complain and say, well, they should have did this, they should have did that. They did an awful lot of things right. They kept Alabama in check. They were forcing punts, three and outs on defense, when this defense was just atrocious at times last year. So they came out with a different mindset, like, you know, okay, we're going to go out here, we're going to show what we can do and prove what we're a better team. And they did. And even though the Texas did not come out with the victory, they moved up in the rankings after a loss. I don't think that's happened since, like, the late 90s. So it was definitely a tough game to, you know, a bitter pill to swallow and accept that loss just because they played so well. And then, obviously, we referenced Quinn Ewers getting hurt and the nightmare of, oh, no, we saw this once before with Colt McCoy in the championship game from years ago. But give the tip of the hat to Hudson Card, a guy playing on a bum ankle, given everything he had. It's because obviously for a backup quarterback, you can only prepare so much. You're not getting first team reps. You're basically watching for most of it. And then all of a sudden you were thrust into the game in the blink of an eye. Like, hey, you got to get in. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, you don't even have time to think. So I give Hudson Card all the credit in the world because he was heavily criticized. And I know I had some things to say about him before the season starting saying he had his opportunity. He had his chance and he didn't take advantage of his opportunity when he had it. But this past Saturday, he gained a lot of my respect because come in there against the number one team, bum ankle, just, I mean, then even on top of that, I've read some things that it could be a potential high ankle sprain. So Texas moving forward is going to be in a real pickle <laughs> with the quarterback situation. Quinn Ewers is out for at least four or five weeks, maybe, with his sprain of his clavicle. And I don't even want to begin to think how bad that must have hurt. Uh, with Will Anderson basically laying right on top of him on that. And I'm never going to be one that complains about officials. I've done plenty of podcasts on my own uh, that said you can't blame officials. You can only control what you can. And despite what the refs do or don't do, you have to make plays. You have to put yourself in a potential spot to win the game. And do referees have some influence over that? Of course. There was plenty of occasions that they did not call the correct call. And I'm not talking about, oh, maybe a, uh, is this a questionable holding? I'm talking like a helmet that gets, you know, pulled sideways on somebody for the ball carrier for Texas. I'm talking about uh, wide receivers or tight ends getting completely mugged and held pretty much every time they were in the pattern. I mean, it was just like shades of that AFC championship game, the Patriots and the Colts, where the Patriots literally mugged the receivers every single play, and then the NFL ended up changing the rule. I don't want to – yeah, I'm joking, obviously, but it was just frustrating to see that over and over on Saturday and did not get called just because, like, if you want to call it one way, call it that same way the entire game for both teams, and, well, you learn to live with it. But 
Uh, and then the whole safety that wasn't, and then somehow they, some, I don't even know. I, again, I don't want to be too critical of officials here, but how on earth do you somehow come up with a targeting call on that play when Bryce Young should have been called for a safety, and then somehow, some way, it's roughing the passer, or it's just, it's just the dumbest thing I've ever seen or heard, and that was all over social media afterwards, and just the complete, of course, unless you're an Alabama fan, that's the only people that saw it that was, a, oh, that was the correct call. It wasn't that guarantee if you flip it and put the shoe on the other foot, all the Alabama fans would have screamed yelling, that's a safety, and this, that, and the other, like the other 95% of the world reacted to that play. So it's just tough when things get missed like that. But again, Texas, you got to make plays. You got to score before the end of the half. You can't. Yeah, you can't try to kick a field goal and then it get blocked. There's three points. They only lost by one, right? Make Alabama score a touchdown instead of kicking a field goal at the end of the game because you've, you've got more points on the board. So they they definitely had their chances. They definitely had their moments. And obviously, officiating is never going to be perfect, and you can't blame wins and losses on that. So, but it it was difficult to see some things that were just blatantly obvious get missed by the officials in this game. But beyond that, Sarkeesian called a great game. I mean, I think he got a little conservative here and there once Hudson Card came in, and then they were pinned deep inside of their own inside of their own twenty, and it was just like, okay, we're gonna run sideways with Bijan and lose three, four yards in this carry. Okay, now we're gonna try to throw something short to the sideline and get nothing, and now it's third and long, and okay, we're gonna just run a draw or something. So there's a few series where I get you don't want anything bad to happen, you don't want to have a turnover, you don't want the momentum to flip and shift to Alabama and give them any sort of steam moving forward so but overall the defensive yeah i mean if you want to give coaches credit the defensive coaching staff what they put together was phenomenal you know coach k and gary patterson who i've been i read before gary patterson have been working on this alabama plan for weeks obviously his title is like an analyst or something like that so he's not the everyday coordinator but you better believe he's involved in a lot of what's going on i'm sure he's not calling the plays he's maybe not drawing them up on the old chalkboard like they did years ago, but he's definitely involved. He's definitely having his input. And as we said before last week, with Gary Patterson at TCU, what was TCU always known for? Having a really rock-solid defense and not having four or five-star recruits to do it with. Gary Patterson was doing it with, you know, maybe an occasional four-star and two- and three-star guys that were getting bypassed by the Texas and the OUs and this places like that, the big-name programs here in this part of the world. So Gary Patterson and uh, Coach K for Texas give them a ton of credit. They put together a game plan that was just, obviously, look what it did. It only allowed 20 points to Alabama. And this whole notion the Big 12 doesn't play defense, well, they just shut down Alabama for two quarters and sent them to, on three and outs, series after series after series. So I, I get that it's it's uh, Texas didn't win, and it, it's, it, it's unfortunate they couldn't win, and I was hoping at the end that they would pull it out. And as I was watching it say, my friend, I was like, man, this is going to really stink if they can't pull this out because they did play so good. They played out of their mind. They did. And then with the backup quarterback and then on top of everything else, they got so close to the game and they you know, made the plays at the end to take the lead. But unfortunately, it just was not enough. But moving forward, uh, like we were saying earlier with the quarterback position, if Hudson Card has any ankle injuries moving forward, he can't play. That means Charles Wright gets thrust into the spotlight, and then your backup would be Malik Murphy, who I believe, there. I'm sure the plan was to redshirt him, but at this point, Quinn Ewers is unavailable for at least a month and change. Hudson Card's ankle, it's Tuesday morning as I'm recording this, 
We don't know what the status of his ankle is moving forward. So I got to assume Charles Wright and Malik Murphy are probably being made aware or getting more reps of what's going on. Thankfully, Texas has a game in UTSA, University of Texas San Antonio, this weekend, and they're no slouch. They are a good football team. If you saw week one, that matchup they had against Houston, probably one of the better games of the college football season earlier in the year. That game was a very fun one to watch. But they are they are a good football team, and if Texas takes them lightly, they they could definitely find themselves behind the eight ball, and they could potentially lose this game. Because now if you're down to potentially a third-string quarterback, whew, I mean, that changes a lot. So, I mean, Bijan was a little dinged up. He said he'll be fine. Uh for this weekend, I believe he had an MRI on his shoulder yesterday uh, just to double-check and make sure everything was okay because he was running hard. He he didn't have one of the typical Bijan games, but, again, you're going against Alabama, and Texas, even though that young offensive line held its own, more than more than held its own all game long, Bijan really didn't make any of those big you know highlight-type plays that he normally does. Jatavian Sanders as well, the tight end who had the, the, the great game in week one, uh, was limited a lot in what his impact was. They still made some plays here and there, but nothing with the big, spectacular variety that they are accustomed, at least with Bijan, that we're accustomed to seeing for the past few years. So, again, I give Texas all the credit in the world. They played their butt off. They really they showed everybody, including me, that this team is different. And, and that, I think that was my whole thing going into this is effort. And I've been preaching it, effort and attitude, especially on defense. If you can do those two at 100%, Everything else will just fall into place. So the fact that Texas was able to go out there, keep Alabama off the scoreboard for the second and third quarter, and just couldn't hold on at the end there, even though they had that perfect play call on defense and Ryan Watts just could not get Bryce Young to the ground. But, oh, by the way, he's a Heisman Trophy winner. This isn't like Alabama's four-string walk-on quarterback or anything. You know what I mean? Like, this guy's pretty good. He won a Heisman. So, it's you know, you got to give Ryan Watts a little bit of a – like, you'd love for him to make that play, but – there's a reason Alabama, they've been in these moments, they've been in these situations, and they don't panic and they don't get flustered, and that's why they've won so many games for so many years because Nick Saban has put them in position year after year, getting to the college football playoff, getting to the champion national championship game. So they've been in these moments. They don't get rattled. They don't get just like flustered, like, oh, no, I can't believe we're down. What are we going to do? They just respond accordingly, and as you saw in those last few series with Alabama, they just went right, right down the field. And again, that's kind of one of the points where I was like, with Texas, it's like we're just they're bringing no pressure. They're rushing three, they're dropping everybody back, and there's somebody wide open every play despite dropping eight people into coverage. It was just like wow, and they went right down the field and did exactly what Alabama could do, and and unfortunately Texas just couldn't make enough plays at the end. So, but give Texas a ton of credit. You, I think they've opened up a lot of the eyes of the college football world. I mean, I saw a lot of reaction on Twitter after the game. Even Will Anderson, Alabama player, said this was the loudest and craziest craziest environment he had ever played in in his entire college career. I'll say that again. Will Anderson said that the University of Texas, DKR, Texas Royal Memorial Stadium, was the loudest and craziest situation he's ever played in. That Not at Auburn, not Kyle Field, not Arkansas, not Mississippi State. Not Florida, not Georgia, not an SEC championship game. He said Texas was the loudest place he ever played. So I think Texas put the SEC on notice that, like, hey, this team can compete. This team is going to come up to the SEC in a couple years and have something for you guys. So I feel really good moving forward. 
Obviously, with the quarterback issues, that makes it difficult. We'll find out later this week how things are going to shake out. But that's where you got to lean on guys, like I said earlier, the offensive line. You got to lean on Bijan Robinson, Jatavian Sanders, and Sarkeesian will have to come up with a play call or play, you know, a <clears throat> series of plays this week that whoever the quarterback is that they're comfortable with that they can execute and feel good about. And I have confidence that Sarkeesian will be able to do that and make that happen. And obviously, if the defense can do what they do and then maybe get some turnovers and get some points from either defense or special teams like they had in week one, then I think you can go ahead and chalk up another victory this weekend and Texas keeps moving on and just get everybody healthy and get the quarterbacks back on the field. Uh, obviously, with yours, it's probably going to be a minimum of a month, and we'll see how that goes forward. And then, obviously, if we said Card, we'll find out probably later today what his status will be. So if it's Charles Wright moving forward and maybe Malik Murphy, then you rally around those guys and you you just got to – you got to execute offensive line. You, you, you've got to step it up. Bijan got to step it up wide receivers, tight end. You all have to, I mean, this is next man up. And if the next man up is the third string quarterback, then that means everybody else has to step up their game and play that much uh, to, to the level that they can play at to kind of accommodate this guy who hasn't played a snap at Texas at all. Maybe in spring football, it's the only time I could ever recall Charles Wright throwing the pass in the spring game, but, if he's the guy that's out there, then you just you rally around him, you play your best football, and you go out there and do what you can do. And I, I have confidence that Texas will be able to do that and they'll be able to get that win and keep this thing moving forward. All their goals are still in front of them. It, it stinks losing to Alabama, of course. You played such a great game. You want to come out on top. Yeah, you're one point short. As Sark said, they ran out of time. I remember when my coach just said that when we lost a tough game when I was younger. We didn't lose guys. We just ran out of time. So, course that's what you say unfortunately when you're on the losing end and uh but moving forward texas is going to be okay like i said all their goals are still in front of them they can still win the big 12 they can still get to that conference championship game you know if they were able to get that you're playing in a new year's day bowl which they haven't done since 2018 when they uh beat uh georgia in the sugar bowl and obviously with the great recruiting class that they have coming in and you know arch manning coming down the pipe later this is only going to get better. Things can only go up from here, and I really like the way things are looking and shaping up for Texas long term just because now that you know what Quinn Ewers looked like, he was having a really good game before he got hurt, and then even Hudson Card was able to make some plays and do some things. This this thing is getting turned around. It's like a ship in the middle of the sea, right? You can't just turn it and it happens. you got to turn that wheel and turn it and turn it, and slowly but surely the ship starts turning and getting and moving into a different direction. So... It's been turning for a while, and it seems like it's finally going in the right direction for, for us Longhorn fans. So just be patient. I've been preaching that for a while. And just you know have those realistic expectations. Nobody won the Heisman on Saturday. They didn't give away the national championship on Saturday. So those are all still up for grabs. And the Big 12 championship is still out there for Texas. That's one of their goals. I know that for sure. So just be patient. Things are moving in the right direction. Support this team. These kids are going to. They're playing their hearts out, look like they did this past Saturday, and just think that even though they lost, that has to give them some confidence moving forward that we can play with anybody. The heck with this, that Texas is soft and they're they're weak and all that. No, they can play with anybody, and they know that, and they prove that. So moving forward, this team's only going to get better. I, that's what I've been saying all along. So just sit back, enjoy the ride. This team's a, it's it's only getting better from here, Longhorn fans. I Trust me on this one. It's only going up from here. So that's it for this one. My name is Greg Schnoes in the Bevo Broadcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network.